I'm here with my husband. And I want to thank God for his life, for his encouragement, for everything. Hallelujah. They normally say that uh, behind a successful man is a woman. I would like to turn it to say in front of a successful woman is a man. Because when you have a good man before you, you can be sure that your steps will be under the rights. Hallelujah. When you have a man that loves the Lord, you can be sure that your life is safe and secure in the hand of the Father. You know, it is God that actually loved us first. So if you have a man that is someone after God's own heart, you can be sure that you will be fulfilled. And it's my prayer this evening that God will grant us understanding. That by the time we get into this understanding, we will be really able to know how to get the right choices, not only in marriage, but in every aspect of our lives, in the name of Jesus. I'm so glad I did not miss my husband. I'm so glad that I did not miss that choice because if I had missed it, so many things would have gone wrong in my life. But I thank God for the grace of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Tonight, we are talking about glorified relationship. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And I see the excitement on our faces when we talk about relationship. You know, it's so, it's so awesome to see the reactions of people's faces when you say relationship. It's like, oh, wow. Praise God. But I promise God to teach us tonight what he wants us to know. So I, 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 yes, I desire that we'll be excited, but I, I don't want the excitement to overrule what God has in store for us. But because I believe that this is a foundation that God is giving unto us. And the Bible says that if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So what God is helping us through ICGC here to do tonight is to lay a foundation such that when that foundation is solid, nothing else that you build on it can crumble. Hallelujah. So tonight, come with me on this journey of foundation building. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When I checked our text, I saw one which we're to focus on, and that is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, which is one of our uh, themes for this um, program. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. And when I read a particular part of that scripture, a particular version, it says, you know, it's talking about, um, okay, let's go there, First Timothy. Let's go to First Timothy. If you are there before me, you can just read it. First Timothy chapter 4, from verse 7 to 8. Are you there? But reject profane and old white Praise God. Praise the Lord. 
Now he's talking about what we need. There's something in particular that was spoken about in that scripture that talks about having a godly relationship. Having a godly relationship. And I trust God that God will give us that which we ought to know tonight in the name of Jesus. From my own uh, version here, it says, which is similar to hers, it said, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise yourself unto godliness, which means there is an exercise that is essential for having a life of godliness. And beloved, this evening, what we are doing is exercising ourselves unto godliness. When we dwell upon the word of God, the word of God is the truth. When we have the truth, the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. By the time we come to the knowledge of the truth, we are able to exercise ourselves in the godliness and in the godly way that God has prepared for us. Praise the Lord. Now I, I, I wrote here that it is only a godly life that can build a godly relationship. It is only a godly life that can build a godly relationship. And when we are talking about being godly, we are not talking about churchy. We're not talking about fellowshipping. They are part of it, but that is not the essence. When we are talking about living a godly life, we are talking about a Christ kind of life, a God kind of life, a life that pleases God. Who is God? God is spirit. And the scripture says in John chapter 4 that God is spirit. And they that must worship him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Meaning, if you claim that you have a relationship with God and you do not have a right spirit, you are not worshiping God and you don't have a relationship with God. Therefore, you cannot be termed godly. A godly person is a person that recognizes the person of God. And the person of God in John chapter 4 says God is spirit. And God has given us humans. He has given you and I spirit beings. We are spirit beings. Such that that spirit is not for decoration. That spirit is for relationship. That spirit is for communication. That spirit you have on your inside is for you and I to communicate rightly with God. Such that when we have a communication rightly with God, we can understand the full essence of relationship. So it is only a godly life that can build a godly relationship. It is only a godly life that can build a godly relationship. If you look at Psalm 119, it says, How can a man make his way pure? How can a man live right? By dwelling on the word of God. By dwelling upon what the Lord says. And I pray that God will grant us more understanding in the name of Jesus. Now, one thing I want us to know is that God is a relational being. God is a relational being. And how do I know this? He created man and woman. He created Adam and Eve in his own image and likeness. What for? For relationship. Because fellowshipping is an essence of relationship. He did not only create Adam and Eve in that garden, that they may worship him, that they may fellowship with him. He needed a relationship.
relationship with man. He wanted a relationship so that there might be a continuity in the human race. Because he knew that there was something he was about to do with the human. There was something he wanted to use your life to do. There's something he wants to use my life to do. So he needed us to be strategically located. So that when we are strategically located, you and I can identify the purpose for which we were created. So Adam and Eve were placed in that garden because God is a relational being. He knows what he has deposited in the life of Adam. He knows what he deposited in the life of Eve. And he wanted that something to give him glory. He wanted that something to give him praise. God knows what he deposited inside of you. God knows what he deposited inside of me. And that is why that deposit on your inside is not to lie fallow. That deposit on your inside is for a purpose. And that purpose is that you might relate well with the Father. When you relate well with the Father, you might understand purpose. You might understand your direction in life. You might understand what it is that God has called you and I to do. So God is a relational being. He created and established humans for the purpose of relationship. Another thing we need to realize is that God is a God that is a perfect God. There are guidelines and principles to the God kind of relationship. There are guidelines and principles to the God kind of relationship. God does not relate with humans anyhow. There are guidelines. There are principles. Amen. It is we humans that tend to relate with ourselves anyhow. It is we humans that we think we can just do anything anyhow. God is not like that. There are guidelines and principles. And thank God that God has given us these guidelines and principles in his word. That word have I hid in my heart that I may not depart from thee. But sadly, so many of us will depart from the word of God. Sadly, so many of us do not have time for the things of God. Sadly, so many of us do not have time to dwell on this perfect law of liberty that our life might realize what we have been called to do. But I know that tonight we are turning right to be able to know that with the God our God has called us to do in the name of Jesus. So God, God's kind of relationship has guidelines and principles. For example, look at the perfect way that God made the heavens and the earth. He made the earth, he made the heaven, he said, let there be light, there was light. He said, you separate into this and that, they separated. He made this on the first day, he made that on the second day. He said, and the Lord saw it was good, and he rested. Genesis 1. But by the time God came to man, by the time God made man, the Bible recorded that he said, he saw that what he had created was very good. That is the only account in Genesis that recorded everything that God created was very good. Let's go there. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. If we look at verse 26, it said, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created him, male and female created he them. 
Now he blessed him and everything like that. I'm trying to locate where exactly that was said. Okay, so if we look at verse 31, thank you, my brother. He said, and God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. Someone tell yourself, I am created very good. Created very good. So if someone looks at you and call you names, tell the person you miss it. I'm very good. If you think you, if you think there's nothing about you, you know there are so many sisters. Some sisters will just look down on them and uh, on themselves, and they'll say, "Oh, I'm not beautiful," and they'll say, "Oh, I'm not like that person." Hey, I'm not like this person. Sis, you are very beautiful. If there's a guy here, you think, sister, don't people look at you? You think there's something about your life? You think there's, there's just something about you? People complain you do this, people complain you do that, or you have a deformity? Bro, sis, you are very, very good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So God has guidelines and principles. And may I tell you, may I tell you that God is not careless with his words. If he says you are very good, you are very good. The only person that can disagree with that statement is you. If God said it, he meant it. There's no trick like that. There's, God is a God of principle, of guidelines. If he says you are very good, believe you me, you are very good. Let's go on. And for us to see how God has principles and guidelines, you need to see the way he made the earth, he made man. And you know one astonishing thing? God made a provision. Before he made the man, God made everything. The birds of the air. The creatures in the sea. The creatures on the land. The trees for food. Everything that that man needed, God created. So the provision came before the vision. The provision came before the vision. So if you are here today and you think there's something about your life, you need this, you need that, may I tell you that the thing that you need for your life, it has been provided. It is just you that has not seen it. You know in Yoruba they say, they say God will not owe you a dime. You need for your life and godliness, God has provided. We are so fortunate in this generation that God not only provided physical things, He provided spiritual things. And He did not only provide those spiritual things, He provided those spiritual things on the basis of covenant. And that covenant is through the blood of Jesus. That blood that speaks better things, better things than the blood of Abel. I said, provision came. Apart from that provision, God now saw that the next thing that the man needed was a woman. He made the woman for the man as a helpmate to fulfill that man's vision. The man needed help. God saw it and God provided that woman. We'll see that in Genesis 1. Now, if you look at Genesis 1.28, we will see the essence for which we were created. The essence for which you and I were created. There are just five basic things. Five basic things. Why you and I were created. 
God blessed the man in Genesis 1.28. And he said, be fruitful. So God wants you and I to be fruitful. And by the time I was searching my spirit for the meaning of being fruitful, it is to have quality. It is to produce good and quality results. Bro, you can produce good and quality results. Because God made us that we should be fruitful. By the law of covenant, through the blood of Jesus, you are bound to be fruitful. So if you are not yet fruitful, it is your fault. Because God will never owe a man any time. He wants you and I to be fruitful. What does he also want? Number two, he wants us to multiply. Not only to have quality, he wants you to have quantity. He wants you and I to multiply. We are going somewhere. Just follow me. The third thing that God wants you and I to have, he said he wants us to replenish the earth. To replenish the earth. To restore the earth. So that there is no, there's no void. When they are looking for a man, ah, we need a Christian in this field. You have one Christian brother there. Oh, we need this. We need someone and I see you have a brother there. God has created us in such a way that there is no fear of a sphere of life that will not demand you and I. He said he wants us to replenish the earth, restore, that we should bring restoration to the earth. He also wants us to subdue it, overcome it. The Bible said we overcame by the blood of the Lamb. He wants you and I to be overcomers. And the Bible also says that you and I, we are more than a conqueror. We are not a conqueror. He said we are more. How many people are more than a conqueror here? Hallelujah. He said you are more than a conqueror. So who or what is that mountain before you? Just tell yourself, I am more than a conqueror. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. He also wants us the fifth thing that we will have dominion over the sea, over the air, and over the earth. Controlling powers. Dominating them aright. Those are the things that God demands from us. I also said earlier, I said God relates with us on the basis of covenant. The covenant through the blood of Jesus. But you know what the devil does? The devil distracts us. He started that right from the very beginning. He went to Eve and asked Eve, did God really say when God has said? What the devil wants is that he knows that God is a relational being. But the devil is a deep relational being. He removes relationship. He doesn't make relationship. He removes relationship. Why God is a relational being, the devil is a deep relational being. He removes the essence of relationship. He doesn't want you and I to know the truth so that we will not be set free. He wants you and I to remain in darkness so that we do not see the lights. He wants you and I to remain in darkness so that we don't know the truth. But tonight you are setting free. I said tonight you are going to be set free. Because it says you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The devil also moves at the instance of God's word. When God tells you something. When you feel that you have read the word and you are so convinced that God has spoken to you. The devil comes. Did God really say when you go to the scripture and say, oh, I will be the head and not the tail concerning my academics, the devil will come to you. Did God really say, is he talking to the people in your category? 
He will come to you and tell you that the God will really say he loves to challenge the word of God. But my brother, my sister, this is the night that you will say it is written. Just like Jesus said during the temptation that the devil brought, Jesus always confronted him with it is written. He sent him back to the word. But what happens if you and I do not have the word of God on our inside? How will you be able to say it is written? I pray that the Lord will grant us strength and enablement in the name of Jesus. So the devil came to Eve and said, Did God really say? As many as are here tonight, and you have been hearing voices, voices from the pits of hell, voices from the enemy, voices of defeat, the enemy trying to defeat you and removing your relationship with your father, with God. Tonight you'll be set free in the name of Jesus. Now, what does a godly relationship entail? A godly relationship starts when a person makes the Lord God his Savior and Lord. Mark my words, his Savior and Lord. What is the difference? When a man comes to Jesus Christ and says, I want to give my life to you, God. You have recognized that the blood of Jesus was shed for you. So you have made him your savior. What does it mean to make Jesus our Lord? When you make Jesus your Lord, you have handed over the lordship and the entirety of your life to him. But do you know, sadly, most of us stop at the point of savior. We do not proceed to the point of lordship. We are comfortable with God being our savior, with Jesus being our savior, but we forget the part of lordship. We forget the part of giving him our entire life, everything about us. There was a story that we were told in the, in the children's Sunday school. There was a man, he built a very beautiful house. And then he called Jesus and said, Jesus, you're welcome, come into my house. He gave Jesus a small room. Then in the night, the devil came and gave him a very nasty beating. His eyes were swollen, his mouth was swollen. He couldn't really talk the next day. He now went to knock on Jesus' door. Jesus, don't you care? And Jesus was soundly asleep. He said, Jesus, but why is it that you just left me with the stranger? Jesus said, you know, you gave me just a room. And the stranger dare not come to my room. And I said, okay, Jesus, you know what we're going to do? You know, okay, take my room. My room is the biggest. It's the biggest in this house. Take my room. He gave Jesus the big room. Then the devil came as usual and gave him a very... In fact, the beating was almost times five of the former beating. Then he went back. Ah, Jesus, why now? I, but I gave you the biggest room in this house. Why? Jesus said, it is what you hand over to me I take care of. He now understood. Ah, hold on. Jesus, you know what we're going to do? Oh, take the key. Everything about this house, just take it. You are now the landlord. Let me be the tenant. Before, I was the landlord, you were the tenant. But this time around, let's switch roles. You be the landlord, I'll be the tenant. No problem. Jesus said, are, are you sure? Ah, I'm sure. I can't, I can't leave with another beating. And the third day, Jesus was right there at the gates when the enemy came. And when the enemy came, when he saw Jesus, he bowed down and ran and said, hey, I'm sorry I'm in the wrong house. Definitely he had to be in the wrong house. Bro, since when you make Jesus the master of your life, when you give him the lordship of your life, he takes over. 
We cannot talk about a godly relationship when you and I have not found our placement in Christ. Praise the Lord. Shall we appreciate our brother, our father, and all? Thank you, Father. You're welcome, Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So are you here tonight and you are like that man that has just given Jesus just one room? I want to tell you tonight that it can't work. You have to hand over the key of your life, the entirety, to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Can we just bow down in one minute? Just give us one minute. Can we bow down in one minute? I talked about the man that decided to give Jesus just one apartment in his house. Are you like that man and you've just given just one part of your heart to God and the remaining part you are the controller? Jesus tonight has come for you and is saying that what you need to do to remove all those struggles from your life, all those demonic oppressions from your life is for you to give me total control of your life. I thought it was wise for us to stop at this time to say if you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus. We cannot talk about a godly relationship if you have not yet yes to Jesus, if he has not come into your life to be your Savior and Lord. If you feel here tonight that God is not yet your Savior, can you just wave those hands, just wave it and drop it back. All eyes closed. If you are here tonight, and you have not said yes to Jesus. You, I'm not talking about being a church girl. I'm not talking about being a church boy. I'm talking about confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and giving him, him your heart. If you are here, you have not given him your life and you have not said yes to him as your savior. Can you just wave your hand and put it down? Praise God. Do we have such a person? God bless you. God bless you. Please drop your hand. I've seen it. God bless you. God bless you. Now that's the first category. Now the second category, you've given your life to Christ before. But somehow, somehow, you just lost your way back. That showed that you have not, at that time, given, given him space in your life as your Lord. Yes, maybe he was quite your savior, but to be your Lord, if you are in that category, can you just wave your hand and just drop it back? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Do we have anyone joining them? Tonight we are calling people that want to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. Is anyone joining them before we pray for them? Father Lord, tonight we thank you for those ones that have raised their hands. Now if you have raised your hand, just put your hand on your chest quietly as we pray together. Lord, we thank you for those ones that have responded to the call. Lord, you instructed me tonight and I've carried it out. Lord, I know that you came for this once tonight. Heavenly Father, I ask that your spirit will meet with them right now. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, oh God, let them be registered in the book of life, oh God, as your children from today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask, oh God, that you forgive them of their sins, oh God. You cleanse them from all unrighteousness, oh God. Lord, you will write their names in the book of life. You will give them the grace, oh God, that you will be their Lord and Savior in the name of Jesus. Your word says, oh God, that we will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. Lord, I ask tonight, oh God, this once you will locate them. The Spirit of God will locate them and they will be endued with power and they will not go back to the world. In the name of 
Jesus. Tonight we cast, oh God, a transformation in your life. And your life is turned around from today in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we bless your name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Praise you, the Lord. Your names are written in the book of life. We appreciate God for such an opportunity. Hallelujah. Let's just appreciate God for such lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So I started by saying a godly relationship entails someone coming to the Lord Jesus. That's number one. Now number two, a godly relationship entails someone obeying what the Lord says. What the Lord said, what the Lord says, what the Lord is saying. Which means it's not just the Logos, the Rema. The Logos and the Rema. Because if you just dwell on the Logos, if you just dwell on the letter, and you don't wait upon God to receive the revelation of that word, you may not be able to know what the Lord is saying for now. So a man that wants to have a godly relationship, either so that he can relate well with other humans, or he can relate well with his spouse to be, that man needs to know and obey God. He needs to know and obey God. Another thing that he needs to know is that he needs to do what the Lord says. Not just knowing it, he needs to do it. And another thing, which is the fourth one, is that a godly relationship does not stagger at the word of promise of God. If God has said, that brother is not for you, wait, wait. If God has said, don't go into that relationship, wait. You know, I started by saying, you must know God. Now, if you don't know God, you cannot hear God. And if you cannot hear God, you cannot take a reasonable decision. So if you are seeing a brother and you think it's the will of God for your life, that person may be far from the will of God for your life. It takes hearing. Someone who cannot hear will, is prone to making the wrong decision. So you must know the word of God and do not stagger the promise of God. If God has promised it, if God has said it, he meant it. We must have faith, be faith-filled. And not only that, you are faith-filled, you are spirit-filled. You are spirit-filled. Someone will just be wondering, so what is relationship about what this mommy is saying? Don't worry, we are going somewhere. The people that their lives need to be touched, it's getting touched. So what I desire us to do in the few minutes we have is just key into what we are saying. And the meat, which is your own portion, you will get it. The Spirit of God will imprint something on your inside and you'll pick that which God is saying unto you. Praise the Lord. Not all the words we are saying tonight is for everybody, but there are portions, portions that be a portion for particular people. And I pray that you will not miss your portion in the name of Jesus. What are the types of relationship? Now, we have vertical relationship and we have horizontal relationship. What do I mean by vertical relationship? Vertical relationship is a relationship between God and man. And man and God. That's vertical. What do I mean by horizontal relationship? Horizontal relationship is between man and man. Like we have between father and children, father and mother, colleagues, friends. That's between man and man. But you know one paramount thing, why marital relationship is very important? It is so vital because marital relationship is a relationship that actually dictates the other half of your life. You know, the first half of our life is that from cradle, that's from birth to singlehood. Now, from being single, that is one half of your life that is gone. 
the remaining part of one's life is being coupled. And bro, sis, it is dangerous to be coupled with the wrong person. Because marriage that we're talking about is not a journey of one day. It's a journey of eternity. So that's why I bless God for ICJCF for bringing this now, now. Not that you, not that any of you should enter a relationship now, no. But this is the foundation that God wants you to have for your relationship. So sis, if you are still in Mawuko here, and someone comes to you and tells you, I love you, I saw you wearing white, and I was wearing suits, know that that person is lying. It's a big, fat lie. Why? You are not ready. So, bro, if you sleep in the night and you are seeing that sister that you have been reading together and you are beginning to see vision that, ah, I just saw myself proposing to that sister. Uh, bro, you are not saying right. You need to go on three days marathon and ask God for repentance because you are not ready. Marriage is not for a boy and girl. Get you. I'm, I'm not saying that you are boys and girls, but I'm saying that you have not gotten to that stage where you can make informed decision physically and spiritually. It takes a man and a woman to make informed decision about life, eternity, and destiny. Am I saying that you should not go into relationship now? Yes. Am I saying you will not go into relationship? Hold on. It's time. It's time. Time and chance happened to them all. This is the time you build your foundation. This is the time you know what God wants you to do. If you don't know how, how can you, how can you go on the way you don't know? If you don't know the road, how will you know the way? If you don't know the way, how will you know the road? Jesus is the way. And so you have Jesus. Just wait for him to instruct you. This is the way I want you to go through. I know I was making fun of my husband and I was asking him, I said, what is that name that sounds so similar to Maruko? And he said, Maroko. And I said, if God has sent you to Maruko and you face Maroko, would we say that you are going in the right direction? No. If the instruction is Maruko, let Maruko be Maruko. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I've established that we have vertical and horizontal relationship. So it is very vital for us to understand. Of course, we know so much about horizontal relationship. I know we are yearning for marital relationship. Amen. What are the determinants of a good, godly, marital relationship? Number one, the will of God. The will of God and the will of God. Someone asked me a question. Ma, is it that God does not want us, does not want us to exercise our own will? Is it that he doesn't want free will for us to choose ourselves? I said, I'll tell you the story. Adam was given the choice of free will. Do you know how? God said, for Adam, he needed a help. And do you know what God did after God saw that he needed a help? He made animals pass through him. So God gave a choice to Adam that if you think any of these animals parading themselves before you is suitable for you as a wife, pick one. Yes, that was the test that God was taking him through. I mean, Adam through. Let's go there. Have, have, we, have we read that place before? Oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Okay, so I'll start reading 
for from verse 18, Genesis 2, 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an helpmate. What did God say? I will make him an helpmate. And look at what God did in verse 19. And out of the ground, God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he will call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and unto the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meat. But for Adam, there was not found and help me. Do you know that if Adam had chosen a lion that day, he would have gotten married to a lion? And do you know right now, we have most brothers getting married to lions, in quotes. Because by the time they, they just see the inside and the outside, they think it's a very serious sister. But because they too, they have not equipped themselves enough to know the will of God. By the time they enter into the relationship and marriage with that sister, they get into the house, the woman, the first thing that the woman will just do, they are arguing like this, the woman will just, what? Just, first, first of all, tear the shirts. First of all, give slapping. First of all, carry the man and, do you understand? Those are lions in human form. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. So, Adam was given his will. Okay, okay, let's see what you want. But I thank God because Adam didn't make that mistake. And the Bible said that God caused Adam to have a deep sleep. Do you know the meaning of the deep sleep that God gave Adam? He gave rest for his souls. He said, bro, relax. Bro, you are looking for a wife. Wife is not your problem. Relax in me. Have confidence in me. Have deep confidence in me. You just relax. And that was what God did. So the will of God is very paramount in Godly relationship, especially marital relationship. The purpose and plan of God for your life is very key in marital relationship. What are you wired to do? What have you been called to do? What is the plan and purpose of God for your life? A brother that does not need help does not need a help meet. A brother that does not need help, somebody He's not asking you for help. Maybe somebody is carrying load. I mean, if you see an old woman carrying load, that woman needs help, right? So if a brother is not carrying any load, he doesn't need help. Sister, don't dwell with brothers that are time wasters. There are certain brothers. Sorry, brothers, but you know these things are true. There are certain brothers that they would have given signals to about five sisters. This sister will think I'm the one. That one will think I'm the one. That one will think I'm the one. And before you know it, he has proposed to none. Those are time wasters. Purposeless, planless. Amen. Number three, assignment. There's a particular assignment that God called my husband to do. And he knew that Olufunke was the best to fit into that assignment. Hallelujah. Our relationship. 
What is the calling? What are you called to do? What is he called to do? Praise God. So I will just wrap up, you know, on my own story. Because I believe that what I was able to gain from this little time that I've been married or before marriage will really help us. So I want here that what are the considerations for godly relationship? What are the considerations? What are the things we should consider? What I did, what the wisdom that God gave me was that number one, I needed to be of the right age. Maturity. And that was why I started to say, look, if you are thinking about relationship now, it's not time. You're not mature physically, you're not mature spiritually. It's not body organs that we have, it's not our structure that we have that makes us mature physically, no. Some are not just mature emotionally. You will see a, a sister that a brother jilted, let me use that word jilted, that's what you guys say. And the sister cannot coordinate it herself. She's failing in exams and you're asking what happened, the brother jilted me. You understand? So emotionally, you are not ready. There has to be a right age. You know, before I entered into a relationship with my husband, I was in the church choir. And I knew I wasn't ready. But you know, guess what? All the choir members, they were into a relationship. They are taking themselves two, 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 two. Just like Noah went into the ark, two, two. So I was worried. I was the only one that was not coupled. So a brother came, part of the choir, I just said yes, without praying, without anything, I knew it was wrong, I went into it. Why? I wanted to quickly be coupled, to be like others. I was immature. Nobody taught me before I packed my things, I said, this is not my journey, eh? Eh? this is not my bus stop. It took my mother to open my eyes. Okay, are you sure that this boy will take you, are you sure, are you sure? Then I went back to God, God I'm sorry, I know I didn't, I didn't even pray. I just wanted to go into the relationship because others were. If you are planning on going into a relationship because all your friends are going into a relationship, see, bro, you're missing it. So that was what I did. And I had to wait for the right time. Now, the second thing I learned is that my intention had to be right. What is your intention of wanting a relationship? There are so many bad intentions now. I'll give you an example. There was a, they call themselves brother and sister, and I don't want to mention the fellowship. It's one hot fellowship. The brother had the audacity. I, I'm, a, I'm a medical, I'm a doctor, so please just permit me. The brother had the audacity. The sister carried herself to the brother's room, and the brother started fingering the sister. And by the time they were through and touching her all over, massaging her body as if she. He was so nonsensical. And the sister said by the time she was true, she was feeling so sad and bad. What is this I have done? Do you know what the brother said? They are doing it. Others are doing it. I can tell you this person, that person, that person, that person that is not new. A brother. And the brother guy was ready to do it again. But when the sister came to me, I said, do you know the meaning of flee? Have you heard of the word flee? Flee. This one is a demon. Hallelujah. So what is your intention? If, if your intention is to have a babe by your side, a babe that you can touch and massage and kiss and romance, you know that that is not right. What is your intention of 
having or wanting a relationship. You know, most of us, or most people, they say with good intentions. No, I just want a sister that we can pray together. It starts from praying. From praying, they go to playing. From praying, they start playing. There were a group of people that they were caught having sex with themselves. And in the, immediately, some people opened the door, they jumped up from, and they started speaking in tongues. Yes. Yes. Such blasphemy. You said, hey, it is happening. Such blasphemy. So what is your intention? Praise God. So when it was time for my own relationship, I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to go to it, into it, meaningfully. So what, what's your intention? Now, I wanted a genuine man of God. I wanted someone, I'm not talking about pastor, you know? I'm not talking about the uh, frivolity, I don't know, that, not, that's not the word. The paraphernalia of the office, oh, he's a pastor, he's an evangelist. I'm not talking about that. A man of God, someone who is a child of God. If you yourself, sis, if you are not a child of God, you can't get a child of God. Yeah. Bro, if you are not a sincere child of God, you will get an insincere sister. So, you have to be sure that what your intention is, is to be genuine first, so that you can get the genuine. What am I saying? Be genuine to get the genuine. What is the genuine we need? A child of God. A man or a woman after God's own heart. In my relationship, I wanted a friend. And I got one. We started from being friends for three, four years. No strings attached. My husband would come share Bible. I would listen. I was a good congregation for him. You know, that's what we were doing. Sharing Bible. We will, we will love walking. We will walk or just check. And what are we discussing? We're discussing Bible. We're discussing family. We are both vets. We discuss about veterinary, veterinary medicine. So many things like that. So desire for a friend. Desire for a friend. Don't marry someone that eventually will be boxing you up and down. That person was never your friend. Praise the Lord. Don't ever enter into a relationship unadvisedly. Always have someone. We have Dr. Fafiolu. He's very close to the students. We have so many people. You have us too. Always find confidence in someone that you can run to and say, like someone ran to my husband and said, I'm having feelings for that Muslim sister. A brother, I'm having feelings for that Muslim sister. My husband had to quickly call him back to order because he was going out of order. That it is not possible for you to be having feelings for this sister. Number one, she's not a born-again Christian. She's not even a Christian at all. She's a Muslim. Where are you going to start? Praise God. So always have people that you submit yourself to. You understand? People that you are answerable to. People that you can quickly go to. And please, sir, pray for me. I'm having this feeling. It's not bad. Look, you and I, right now, we have blood flowing in us. So we cannot rule out chemistry. If you know what I mean. There are some times that you just see someone and you just feel, oh, I just like this person. Yes, it comes, but what do you quickly do? As a spirit-filled person, you quickly cut it off. Okay. Funke behave. You understand? Fall into order, fall into shape. 
You understand? Because the devil will keep throwing these darts. And you know what he wants you to do? To catch one of them. When you are seeing that you have, you have rested in his darts, he will now begin to come. And through, through, that brother will now come. And before you know it, things are really messy. Praise God. Don't assume you are in a relationship when you are not. If someone has not made his intention known, I'll soon round up. If someone has not made his intention known, don't assume. Sisters are always victims of this. They assume a lot. Yeah, they say, hey, the brother used to ask me, how are your parents? What is it? How many children do you want to have? How many sisters? How many? So I don't thought. Don't thought. <laughs> Praise God. Don't think. Don't assume. If he has not said, sis, formally, sister, I, I want to go into a relationship with you. I'm trusting God that maybe perhaps you are the sister, or you are the lady that God has prepared for me and everything. No long story. Straight to the point. Straight to the point. I just want you to pray about it and, and that's the way. My husband went straight to the point. Funke, I love you and I feel... Divine Expo, eh? Yes, okay, I love you, and I, I, I would desire if you would be my wife. You don't have to give me an answer now. You can just go pray about it. And my husband disappeared. He disappeared. <laughs> so, so, he's that straightforward. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I said, don't assume. Let yes be yes. Let no, let no be no. Brothers, don't, don't, don't give signals to the sister when you are not intending to go into relationship with that person. Praise the Lord. If brothers, there are particular brothers that feel they, they don't have what it takes to propose to a lady, I mean, if you want to buy Gary in the market, do you tell someone to go and buy the Gary for you, bro? If you want to buy something in the market, the bra in black, do you tell someone to buy the... You, you buy it yourself. Okay, so, if you have seen this, not now, if you see the sister that you like at that particular time, don't be afraid. Sis, I love you. I want you to be my wife. Pray, pray about it. It's as easy as that. Praise God. And sisters, at the particular time, at the right time, not now, don't prolong, if you are prayed, and you are sure that it's not the brother. Let the brother quickly know. Don't keep one brother. Some sisters are doing it. They will keep brother A. Let me keep him. I like brother B. I think brother B is coming. The way brother B used to look at me, I know he's just shy. He will come. He will still come. So they keep brother A. And the brother A will say, please, I, do I have an answer? I know I'm still praying. I'm still praying. They are waiting for brother B. Oh, please. Don't be like that. Let your yes be yes. Let your nay be nay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think I will just round up here. And because I was told that we should give time for um, questions. And um, I wrote something down here that let me just quickly say it. Relationship is not the time for adventure. Be careful that you don't uh, plant the wrong uh, seed in order not to get the wrong fruits. What are the wrong fruits? Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Kissing, caressing, adventurous bodies, such and touch, sex, nudity, or you send your nude picture to that brother. 
vain things and insinuating sexual discussions. Oh, how would you like if a man touches you? All those brothers used to have those sexual discussions with sisters, you are sinning. That is very wrong. Don't prompt anybody's um, emotions. Hallelujah. What you should sow is the right seed to get the right fruit. What is the right fruit? Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Okay, love, joy, peace, patience, and everything, and everything like that. And I just want to thank God. Let's just wave our hands to God and say, God, we thank you. So much more than God could ever really allow us to say tonight. Maybe your questions will be able to bring one or two more things. But Lord, I ask, oh God, that as you have spoken to us tonight, you will give us the grace to be able to live right, that our relationships might be right. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Praise you, Lord. moderating. I know you said I should give some time for questions, but I know that I, I overshot by some minutes. I should still give room for questions. How many questions can we take? If you, if you have questions, you can write it if you are shy to say it so that I can quickly hand over to the next speaker.